Welcome. You are listening to the Financial Compass Podcast, presented by the Bowman Wealth Group. These shows are designed to provide information to both pre- and post-retirees, so they may be able to make more informed decisions about their financial future. Our Financial Compass process goes beyond traditional, holistic financial planning. We care as much about you and your lifestyle as we do about your plan. At the Bowman Wealth Group, we want to help you define what matters most and inspire you to go and do it. Your host is Bowman Wealth Group financial advisor, Scott Vallon, who for more than a decade has provided financial leadership for those he serves. Hey there, this is Scott Vallon, and you're listening to the Your Financial Compass podcast. Thank you, as always, for tuning in. Um, If you've been listening or if this is your first time listening, uh, we try to tackle a different topic every time or a couple topics just to give you some information. Uh, hopefully you find it valuable. But today, you know, generally I'm talking to a lot of folks or a lot of the podcasts have been, have been geared around folks in retirement or right there, right at the cusp of retirement. So I thought I'd change it up a little bit today because I actually fall into this category and it's talking retirement for Generation X which I am just nudged into over whatever the cutoff is for millennials. Uh, But before I get into that, um, if anything you hear today uh, has you wanting to talk more or ask a few more questions, you're you're always welcome to reach out at ask at bullmanwealth.com. That's A-S-K at B-U-L-M-A-N wealth.com. So back to the topic, talking retirement for Generation X. Well, Let's talk about who's in Generation X. I've seen various timelines, but the one I liked is this one. It's for Generation X is for people born between 1965 and 1980. So that would make you 41 years old up to 56 years old. I, As I record this, I'm 42. I'll be turning 43 here in a couple weeks. But I do fall into the whole Generation X category. Sometimes feels like the forgotten generation. And, you know, and a lot of times with retirement planners or when people are talking finance, it's that corridor of people kind of in that tweener area, established in their career for the most part, but not close enough to retirement in most instances, even it, you know, if it goes up to age 56 in terms of the Generation X timeline. But I just wanted to talk about a few things to consider if this is you listening or maybe it's a child of yours or a friend of yours, just a few things to keep in mind as you are mapping out your finances if you or someone you know falls into that Generation X category. So the first thing is contributions. So generally, and contributions into a retirement plan. So for the folks in Generation X, ages 41 to 56, In most instances, you're established in a career at this point. Maybe you've been putting money into 401ks or something comparable, and you're just used to the rhythm of that. So you're already contributing. Well, one thing, and I've touched on this in past podcasts, in terms of contribution amounts, those do change once you hit age 50 or older. So if you're used to maybe you're 49, late 40s, or maybe I just crossed over into the 50s, one little tidbit or takeaway is the contribution limits change. So let's think of it in regards to a 401k. If you have a 401k or a 403b, 457 at work, if you're under the age of 50, 
um, maybe you've been doing your max contributions. Well, it was 22,500 is the max contribution. Once you turn age 50, that number jumps up all the way to 30,000. So for folks in that age range that are able to, you can save up to $30,000 in a work retirement plan, one of the 400 numbers. So a lot of the people I talk to, I catch when they come in, they didn't realize it changed. They might be 52 or 53, and they've still been putting in the old amount, You know, say it was 22500 Not that that's chump change, but if you have the ability to save more, by all means, take advantage of it. So one takeaway would be maybe you're right there, uh, late 40s, early 50s. Make sure, and you want to be say that you are one of those people that wants to be making the max contributions into your work retirement plan, then make sure that the percentage or the dollar amount you're, you're putting in matches you know, the max contribution limit. As I said, once you hit age 50 or older, you can put in $30,000 into a work uh, plan, and that, that does not count what your employer might match. So some employers match a certain percentage. Well, that say you can do thirty thousand is your limit. That does not count what they put in. So say they're putting in an extra three, four, five percent. Well, that can go in on top of the thirty thousand. So one of the takeaways, like I said, is are you putting in the full amount if you're able to? If not, it's an easy change. So go in and, and change that. It also changes with IRAs. So IRAs are always held outside of a workplace, um, and this is not as nearly as big of a jump as the 401k contribution limits, but for a traditional IRA or Roth IRA, if you have one outside of the workplace and you're contributing into it, you know, if you're under age 50, it's 6,500. If you're over age 50, it, it jumps up to the huge amount of 7,500. It only goes up $1,000. But just another area, because, you know, a lot of times we'll see folks that are, you know, maybe feel like they're a little bit behind as they're entering in their 50s. Maybe they want to play catch up in terms of what they're saving. Those are two areas right there, especially through the work-related plan. Am I putting in the max amount? So speaking of the work-related plans, I uh, always tell people to look into this as well. Is a traditional 401k versus a Roth 401k when it comes down to taxes? So I personally think tax rates are going to go up in the future. And if there's things that we can do now to get out ahead of that, you know, it's probably worth looking into. So over time, we're seeing more and more employers are offering a Roth 401k as opposed to just a traditional 401k. And I'll give you the one-minute breakdown of the difference. And, you know, this is pretty basic, but for those of you that don't know, if you put money into it, say, say John Doe is making $100,000 a year, and he's going to contribute 10000 of that into a traditional 401k. Well, at the end of the year, that 10000 that he contributed goes in pre-tax, P-R-E, pre-tax. So it's shaved off the top. So at the end of the year when he files taxes, it looks like he only made 90000 instead of 100 Over time, that account grows. And once you get into retirement, since it's never been taxed, every dollar you pull out of an account like that is uh, taxed as regular income. So just be aware of that. Flip side, though, with a Roth 401k... It's the opposite. You're putting money in post-tax. So if John Doe in this instance was putting in $10,000 as a contribution that year, it's after it's already been taxed. So it might be the equivalent of twelve, thirteen, fourteen thousand dollars $14,000 of his salary. But that $10,000 goes in, 
So all the contributions you put in plus all the gains over time accrue tax-free. And when you pull that money out in retirement, it's tax-free. The Roth is a very powerful tool, and the ability to have one through work is really powerful as well because, you know, not, let alone the tax connotations of it or parameters, but also because of the limits. So if someone has a Roth IRA outside of work and you're over age of 50, you can only put in $7,500 a year as a contribution limit. If you have a Roth 401k through your workplace, you can put in $30,000. It's quite a disparity. You know, you can put a lot more money away tax-free. But the point of all that is saying, if you don't know if you have a Roth 401k through work, go ask. Go ask HR and see, do we have one? If, if you're not sure, if you do, you can always give a consideration to put, putting some money into that. Generally, companies won't match into a Roth 401k. They're only going to go into the traditional. But if you have a Roth 401k, it's something worth finding out. And, and hey, if it's something you don't have, it might be worth asking, hey, can we get one? Can we add one into our plan because of the powerful tax ramifications? Another thing when it comes to this with, with folks in this Generation X time frame and age is it seems more common, at least to me, that people change jobs more than they might have used to. I don't have stats to back it up. This is just totally my opinion. But what that also means is as, as people are jumping around to different jobs, a lot of people are going to have old 401ks hanging out there. So let's use Jane Doe in this situation. She's worked at, maybe she's on her third employer now, and she worked with two other companies in the past. Well, there's a chance she might have old 401ks at those companies. And, you know, once you leave, say she was with company XYZ many years ago, over time you might forget you had them. You know, you might just get lost in, in the laundry, so to speak. You know, we'll come across a lot of folks that have old 401ks floating out there. So there's a couple ways to look at it. It's like, well, just for sake of ease, one thing to ponder would be consolidating them. So say in this case, Jane Doe is now on her third employer, but she has two old 401ks at previous employers. Well, one thing is you can take those two old 401ks and consolidate them into one IRA. So say it's with us or someone like us with a financial advisor, you can take those accounts, put them into one, and generally a work 401k plan is going to be limited on the, on the number of funds that you can invest in. You might have 10, 15, 20 different funds. For the most part, any advisor is going to have a lot more options. So not only can you consolidate those old accounts, um, but you can also have more options if you move them away from the workplace. But it's just a, a nice way to tidy things up. And then, um, you know, you don't want those things left hanging out there, even with the old ones, because a lot of times people realize, hey, gosh, I have a lot more in this than I thought. I should probably be putting it to better use. So if this is you, I would recommend track down statements on those old plans and maybe con consider consolidating them into an IRA. In some cases, you can roll them into the new company's 401k. But the point is, I wouldn't just let them hang, hang out there at the old employer. So um, consolidation is key. Uh, but just being aware of what you have, because it's a, it's a lot more common now as people, people change jobs. Another thing that I find, and this is with people maybe up to the higher end of that Generation X category, people are in their, in their mid-50s, 
is say they've been working at an employer for a while and contributing into that 401k for many years. Well, if you've been there for a while, you might have started that 401k in your 20s or early 30s, and you set it up with the risk profile of someone of that age range. And not in every case, but in many cases, as people are getting closer to retirement, you know, say in your late 50s, early 60s, you might have a different risk profile than you did back then when you started the 401k. So if, and a lot of times we just start putting into it, we never give it another thought, and uh, we just know that we're saving the money, which is nice. But do we remember the risk profile of how we set it up, and is it still in alignment with where we're at now? You think of it like this, and we've talked to a lot of people where, you know, say you're 54, 55, 56, and you look in, in a year like 2022, when the market dropped considerably, if you still had your account set up in a portfolio built more for some in the 20s or 30s, well, it probably dropped considerably because of that. And your current risk profile might no longer be in alignment with that. So if you're still working, go back and check is, and see is like, gosh, if I ever change the construction of the fund or funds, plural, that I'm investing in in my work plan, if I haven't, it might be time to sit down and just take a look. And you can always look things up online. You can ask us or ask a financial advisor like, hey, here's the funds that I have. Do you know how risky these are? Because I don't know if they're still in my comfort zone. So it's a good way just to see where you're at and, and just make sure everything is in alignment. And the last thing I'd mention with people are in their Generation X timeline, which is 41 to 56, including me. I'm going to be 43 here soon is I would say if you're in this age range, it's never too early to start retirement planning. Uh, as far off into the future as it may seem, it can be really enlightening. Say you're in your mid-40s, late-40s, and, and you want to retire at 62, for example. Well, it's nice to map things out and say, hey, here's what I have already in my investments. Here's what I make. Here's what I stand to make. And here's what I want a month in retirement. I want to retire at 62 and have $8,000 a month. Well, it's almost call it reverse engineering. You can take all these pieces, map out the next 20 years, 15 years, 17 years in a plan to make sure, am I on course? Because you can run simulations. We can do this for folks or, or any advisor. Um, run simulations to see, are you on track? If you did retire at 62, will you be able to have enough money to last through retirement? And if you are, great. If you're not, you can find out where maybe the blind spots are. Maybe you're not saving enough. Maybe, you know, it could be any number of things. Generally, it's, it's that one. But it's better to find out now, say you're in your mid to late 40s, than two years out from retirement, you realize, oh, crap, I haven't saved enough. So that's where, you know, financial planning and, and retirement income planning isn't just for folks that are right on the cusp of retirement. It's, you can argue it's for folks a lot younger because it's easier to correct and solve a problem now, or it's easier to correct and solve now than it is once it becomes an actual problem, if that makes sense. I'm not even sure if I'm eloquating that properly, but you can check and see where you're behind and it, you might have 10, 15, 20 years to make up the gap. And it's just a lot easier to do that than I'm re I want to retire in a year and it's too late because you didn't save enough. So retirement income planning, I would stress, 
If you're in your 40s, start giving it some thought. It's not as daunting and scary as it might seem sometimes. And it might uh, actually raise an eyebrow in a good way, like, wow, I'm really on track. And you just can move forward with a little bit more clarity. And I guess the last thing I'd say is um, in terms of you know, folks in this age range is many of us might have kids, young kids, kids in their teens, maybe kids that are just off to school, doing some estate planning. Have you ever done a trust? Do you need a trust? Maybe you're in a state where just a will does the trick. I did a, a podcast on trusts a few podcasts ago, but we have to start doing adult things once we're in our 40s, and I would argue getting a trust and an estate plan, that's the time to start planning that out. So, you know, I won't go into all the details with that because I have a whole podcast on it, but that's another thing to consider when you're in this Generation X timeline. But hopefully you found stuff useful today, especially if this is you listening or you know someone in this Generation X timeline. Sometimes we feel forgotten because we're kind of in that tweener zone, but just a couple takeaways. Hope you get a few tidbits I passed along. As I said earlier, if there's anything that you heard today that you want some more clarity on or have some more questions, feel welcome to to email us, ask at bullmanwealth.com. Feel free to leave a review wherever you hear this podcast. Um, But nonetheless, I thank you for listening, and I'll look forward to chatting with you next time. Take care. Bowman Wealth is an investment advisor registered under the Investment Advisors Act of 1940. Registration as an investment advisor does not imply any level of skill or training. The oral and written communications of an advisor provide you with information where you can determine to hire or retain an advisor. For more information, please visit advisorinfo.sec.gov and search for our firm name. This presentation has been provided for informational purposes only and is not intended as legal or investment advice or a recommendation of any particular security or strategy. Any statements or opinions expressed should in no way be construed or interpreted as a solicitation to sell or offer to sell advisory services to any residents of any state other than the states where otherwise legally permitted. Advisory services are offered through Chris Bullman, Inc., DBA, Bullman Wealth Group, and Retirement Wealth Advisors, RWA, Registered Investment Advisors. Insurance products and services are offered and sold through Chris Bullman, Inc., DBA, BWG Insurance Agency.